This is Eat, You'll Feel Better, a podcast about the food mood connection. I'm food journalist Mary Beth Albright. Today is episode two, and I'm recording this over Thanksgiving week, the American Thanksgiving week. And the food mood connection is my work. I study this, um, the biological connection, pleasure, inflammation, the gut microbiome, how all of these things affect how we feel and also how we choose food. But even somebody like me, who is immersed in the science constantly, um, every single day, every time something comes out, a new study, I'm on it. Um, but even for me, this is really rich ground, right? The the week of Thanksgiving, um, the week of any sort of holiday that you're immersed in family, uh, and it's like it's very intense. And there's something to me particularly problematic about a holiday that is focused on food. And you're supposed to be happy and grateful, right? Um, and happy and grateful are not the same thing. You can be happy without being grateful, and you can be grateful without being happy. But you're supposed to be focused on food. You're supposed to be grateful and happy. And a lot of us are dealing with problematic family of origin food messages. You sure you want to eat that? Wow, your plate is really full. And so I am acknowledging that even for the most educated people about the food mood connection, this is hard. This is a, a potentially problematic week. If you're not having problems with it, fantastic. This is not the misery Olympics. I'm not looking to make a problem for you, right? But in the past few years, as I've uh, interviewed scientists and researchers about the food mood connection, I've started asking them the question, since you've been doing this research, how has the way that you eat changed, right? And there was one researcher, her name was So Young Park. She's a Korean-born uh, researcher uh, who is in Germany now, uh, doing research out of Germany. And she said, look, I, I rice is my comfort food. And I still find myself when I need comfort, when I'm stressed, eating a lot of rice. And so I, I just want to acknowledge that no matter how much education we have, no matter how much knowledge, it's always a matter of the rubber hitting the road when we make food choices. Um, and we teach ourselves how to eat every single day. So this week is reminding me that there is a huge difference between knowing this science and the science of food and mood and the connection and actually doing it. There's a difference. And I want to congratulate all of us, including me, on the great job we are doing this week. Um, I have been in the past week in Las Vegas and Los Angeles with family, and I've really had to remind myself sometimes that um, I need to focus on my long-term well-being uh, when I am choosing 
foods. No, no judgment on myself or anything, but I need to remind myself of that. So I thought that for today's episode, you know, I was planning on doing something completely different, but I was like, look, for today's episode, we should just do something that is about following some basic sort of guideposts about how to eat when we're in stressful situations. And I'm not going to tell you to like, you know, take eight almonds or, um, you know, stay away from, stay away from chips and go for the carrot sticks. Like all these are great recommendations, of course, but I'm more interested in being curious and getting to know myself through this process of eating for mental health and emotional well-being. Because when emotional well-being is your goal and your why, gosh, all kinds of possibilities open up. And there are no mistakes when emotional well-being is your goal. Because there are no mistakes in eating for emotional well-being. It's just information. So being kind to ourselves is really, really important in this process. Okay, so knowing the science of the food-mood connection and the importance of pleasure and paying attention to inflammation and nutrients and the gut microbiome, I have three science-backed ways that I am focusing on this week to eat for mental health during stressful situations and when you're surrounded by maybe not helpful food messages. And I'm giving these three recommendations from a positive nutrition point of view that uh, we're looking at ways that we can proactively, things we can add, right? Positive nutrition is all about focusing on the good things that you can add rather than focusing on the restriction or, or the deprivation. So if your goal is to eat for mental health, make sure that you think about these three things this week and pay some attention to them. The first thing that I'm paying attention to this week is getting enough fiber. Now, it might not sound sexy and a lot of people, you know, fiber <laughs> fiber has a has a complicated history, but um fiber is critical for emotional well-being. There are so many studies that show that when you add fiber to a diet that the incidence of depression and anxiety go down. And in people who have depression and anxiety, the severity of their symptoms go down. And so there's one of my favorite is just a very basic study that they took 50 people with high stress levels. This was a study out of Ireland. And for a month, they changed nothing about their diet except they added fiber. And the incidence of the symptoms of depression and anxiety decreased significantly. Um, and in there's a more recent study just from last year. It's a, a study in mice that um, were given a high fat diet and um, not controlled in any other way, just like added a ton of fat to their diet, which if you're not changing anything else, often leads to... Um, all kinds of issues, cardiovascular issues, also mental health and emotional well-being issues. When they added fiber to that high-fat diet, 
the adverse effects of the high-fat diet decreased in the mice. So even though they were still eating a lot of fat, the fiber was somehow helping process the high-fat diet into something that didn't affect them as badly. And this is really important because the CDC estimates that fewer than half of people in America get enough fiber. Enough fiber is about 25 to 30 grams, depending on how much food you eat a day. But uh, that fiber is so important, and we don't 100% know why. We don't know what the mechanism is, why fiber is so helpful for mental health and emotional well-being. But we think that it has something to do with the gut microbiome. And those tiny organisms, those, the gut microbiome is the collection of trillions of tiny living things inside of your, your digestive tract called microbes. Um, and these tiny microbes need to eat too. Um, they need to eat as much as any human does, right? And so what they eat, what those microbes in your gut microbiome eat is fiber. Humans can't digest fiber but your microbes can. And when they digest fiber, they make byproducts of that digestive process. And the byproducts that we see are things like short-chain fatty acids, which there's been, there have been numerous studies that short-chain fatty acids are really important for mental health and emotional well-being. It's what our cell membranes are made of. The, the, sort of the lining of the cell so that everything inside of the cell stays intact and you keep stuff outside of your cells, right? Like anything bad that's trying to bump into your cell, it keeps it out. So these microbes inside of you produce things that the human body can't produce on their own, but the microbes need fiber in order to do it. So that's why I say if you're doing nothing else this week, Pay attention to your fiber intake. And you can only get fiber from plants. And it's always better to eat something that's been not processed. So, for example, if you have some corn, corn kernels, um, that has fiber in it. But if you eat Fritos, uh, it's less fiber because that corn has been processed and a lot of the fiber has been taken out in the processing which is what makes processed corn so much easier to eat and eat a lot of than, um, than corn kernels, fresh corn kernels. So pay attention to your fiber intake over the next week. The second thing that I'm paying attention to this week is vegetables. And I hesitate to even say that because there are lots of studies that when you give something a health halo, you know, that sort of idea that um, that this is healthy and this is good for you, that actually people rate it as less delicious, even when it's the same thing. You know, like the quote unquote healthy cookie, people rate as less delicious than the quote unquote indulgent cookie, even when it's the same cookie. When you when you call it different things, it affects how you taste it, because remember, flavor is created in the brain. There's what we taste on our tongue, but what we the flavor of something is influenced by all kinds of things around us. And so we find that vegetable consumption is inversely proportional to 
the development of depression and anxiety disorders, that people who eat lots of vegetables are less likely to have depression and anxiety disorders. And there are all kinds of large-scale studies that show this. So I'm focusing on even if, you know, no matter what the vegetable is covered in, if it's a vegetable and butter or vegetable and cheese or whatever, I mean, there are going to be there going to be a lot of different vegetables around you usually on on a Thanksgiving table if you're if you're celebrating this week. Just eat all the vegetables, right? You, I'm not telling you what else to eat. I'm saying if there's a vegetable in front of you, just put it on your plate. Um because also that diversity matters too, that uh, there's a lot of evidence that people who eat a more diverse vegetable diet or a more diverse plant diet um, will give you, uh, will give better, get better mental health outcomes. And look, I'm in Los Angeles this week. It's a lot easier to eat a diverse plant diet when you're in certain places. You might be in a place where it's not as easy. Um, so definitely get the vegetables, whatever vegetable you see, put it on your plate. The third thing that I'm focusing on this week is how I eat, not just what I eat. Because flavor is created in the brain, we often get a lot more pleasure out of something that we eat when we're sitting down particularly when we're sitting down with other people. Although, look, I know that this week you might be surrounded by people <laughs> you don't want to sit down with that much. But in, and in my experience, it can be really hard to make those decisions that are in your best interest when you're so overwhelmed by the ghosts of past arguments, right, with the people around you. But, um, but it's really good to focus on sitting down with people as much as you can. I mean, it's probably a bridge too far to be like, practice mindful eating this week, you know, like take deep breaths, whatever. And we'll, we'll talk about mindful eating in a future episode. It, it's valuable, but sometimes it's a, very difficult when you're surrounded by, by certain things, um, by certain difficulties in our lives. Uh, but focusing on how you eat, not just what you eat, can really help the resilience of your system to come back from the emotional challenges that you may face this week. Look, you may not. I hope you don't. But in case you do, there will be some resilience to your system if you have these three things uh, that you focus on. And, you know, I'm not going to be perfect this week. I like spoiler alert. I'm not going to be perfect this week. Chances are you're not going to either. So let's focus on what we can do and try to be as both happy and grateful as we can. So the one thing I'm going to give you this week that is something actionable that you can do that's a small act uh, for eating for your emotional well-being is making popcorn. Popcorn, I can't believe popcorn isn't a more popular snack. Like popcorn is so great. It's so fun to eat. It's such a sort of crowd-pleasing thing. And it has a ton of fiber. I mean, if you are snacking and you have any desire to snack on popcorn, just do it, you know? And if you make popcorn on the stove, I'm not talking about a bag of microwave popcorn. There are all kinds of things that are added to microwave popcorn to for shelf life and that kind of thing. Don't do that. 
get a pot, a large pot, and make popcorn on the stove. It is festive. It is cheaper uh, than getting microwave popcorn. It's something to do with everybody, you know, if you need like a family activity to fill some time. So get a large pot, put maybe three tablespoons of oil in it. It can be olive oil. It can be canola oil, whatever, whatever you're using. Um, and put a few kernels of popcorn, unpopped popcorn in the pot over medium to medium high heat. And wait for that oil to heat up. When the kernels pop, you know that the oil is hot enough and pour in about a third of a cup of those unpopped popcorn kernels. And you can get them, you can get a bag of them right by the microwave popcorn in in a grocery store. They'll have a large bag of just unpopped popcorn kernels. Again, super cheap, really great. When you pour in that third of a cup of popcorn kernels, put the lid on the pot and let it sit until, reduce the heat to about medium, and let it sit until the popcorn starts popping and give it a shake every 20 or 30 seconds, right? Just shake the pot to, to redistribute the kernels to the bottom. And when it starts slowing down, when there's, you know, two seconds between pops, just turn the heat off, take the lid off, and there's your popcorn. Pour it into a bowl and put whatever you want on it. Um, there's so many options for, I mean, Google popcorn topping options, and you'll see there's cinnamon toast popcorn, um, you know, Italian seasoning popcorn, like Parmesan and oregano. And so there's all kinds of things you can do with popcorn at that point. Honestly, it's delicious when you just eat it, want to eat it like that, put some salt on it, and you're good. Or if you don't do salt, don't do salt. So but it's a great canvas for a lot of different flavors. It's fun. It's festive. It's inexpensive, and it's like a little time filler uh, for your family. So I'm going to be doing that this week, um, and I'm going to be helping myself out a lot by doing that. So make popcorn on the stove. That's my recommendation for this week. And a reminder that I do have a book, Eat You'll Feel Better, How Food Supports Emotional Well-Being, if you want to learn more about the food mood connection. Until next week, let's remember... Choosing what you eat is always a privilege. Thanks for being here. I'm Mary Beth Albright.